0: Down. You move too fast You got to
1: make the morning last Just kicking down the cobblestones
0: Looking for fun and feeling Hello everybody out there in podcast land, welcome to Mystery Science Marshall, a podcast all about the random, fun, whatever media that I love and whatever I really want to talk about. This is my outlet for doing so. This is a topic which I thought I would be lonely talking about just by myself one time, just talking into my microphone without anybody. Uh, And then uh, a few weeks ago, um, Grace who, if you'll remember, Grace O'Brien was in the Marvel episode from back in August. Grace says, I started watching Once Upon a Time, because Once Upon a Time was on Disney+. Plus, So that started some things. And so if you haven't guessed it by what I just said, our topic today is the TV show, the amazing, wonderful ABC hit television series, once upon a time and i am joined by my friend grace o'brien again
1: hello hello internet world
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right all of our followers all of our listeners which we actually have a um, we have one itunes review wow and we have like five, we have a five star rating like a couple five star ratings already on itunes which is great
1: that's impressive
0: and when i was posting episodes our analytics for listener listenership was actually Pretty okay. So, once upon a time, this is a show that started on October twenty third, two thousand and eleven. I did not pull that out just from memory. I have. I, have I was going
1: to say that's that's impressive. I knew you knew a lot about Once Upon a Time, but that is another level.
0: I have the Wikipedia page up here, um, and I believe. No, I'm not looking at the end date. I think it ended on May fourteenth, twenty. 20- May 14th or May 18th? 2018. May 18th, 2018. Okay. This is a series that was created by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. They previously worked on the show Lost and some other weird shows. They actually worked on the Spurs of Prey show. They wrote Tron Legacy. And this show is a big fairy tale palooza adventure weird series. So, Grace, uh, Can you describe the basic plot of Once Upon a Time?
1: Oh, goodness. There's so many different plots.
0: How does it Um, start? What is our inciting?
1: I think just like the basic overall idea for the whole season is just the relationship between good and evil and how evil comes to be and yeah kind of how your experiences define who you are and who you're going to become but they it offers a little bit of wiggle room in who you still can become
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's uh people get into kind of the thematic ideas I've, yeah but sort of the basic plot synopsis is what if fairy tale characters we're living in our world. So what happened is this evil queen, the evil queen from the Snow White story, cast a curse upon the land, the Enchanted Forest, Fairy Tale Land, where she sent all everybody in that land to the real world, into this little town in Maine called Storybook. And the initial gimmick is all these fairy tale characters are in Storybook and they don't remember who they are. They have these false memories, false lives, false personality um, implanted within them. And they have no clue that they are really storybook characters. And their personalities, their new cursed identities, are quite the opposite of who they are in, in fairy tale land. Snow White, of course, who is our badass, uh, <laughs> one of our badass protagonists in the Enchanted Forest and everything, who is really great. In her, her cursed persona is a timid school teacher named Mary Margaret Blanchard. Blanchard being the French word for white or snow or something like that. Regina being the French word for queen. So the evil queen's real name is Regina. And Regina is mayor of this town in storybook, And this was kind of her, her happy ending, her getting her revenge on everybody. But They're due to the efforts of Snow White and Prince Charming, and actually um, Geppetto from Pinocchio and that. Snow White and Prince Charming's daughter, who they named Emma, they sent her away to the real world before the curse happened. And the prophecy was on her 28th birthday that Emma would find the town of Storybook or somehow work to break the curse. And so Emma of course grows up um, in the foster system and she doesn't actually have parents and stuff she eventually has a child of her own who she gives up for adoption and it just so happens that Regina adopts this child and names him Henry and this child Henry eventually goes to find Emma which brings her into this world of storybook and that is sort of the basic premise at least how things are set up in season one we're going to be talking about a lot of things about the show today so if you have not watched once upon a time (laughs) please go watch it before you listen to this because if you haven't seen it or at least parts of it this you you're not going to know what we're talking about and we're not gonna i don't really want to. your spoiler alerts yeah this is a big spoiler alert we are going in depth into some of this crud so is that a pretty accurate description of like the initial
1: yeah Especially like the first, well, I guess that is the first season.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that is the first season. Uh, yeah. Grace was, right, and it, it explores lots of themes, especially this idea of what makes a hero and what makes a villain and the intersection mm-hmm. between those identities and how, especially in dark times, how do we still have hope, right? The central idea, I think, of the show is all about hope and bringing hope, finding some sense of hope in your life. And so it's a really, it is in the end, kind of very inspiring story, even through all these weird things that happen, these weird fairy tale plots and things that happen. So I guess I will, I will just give a little background on how I discovered Once Upon a Time and my kind of background with the show. Okay. It must have been, well, I don't know what year it would have been. No, I do. It was before <laughs> sixth grade. It was the summer before sixth grade. And I found Once Upon a Time on Netflix. It had been popping up in my Netflix thing for the longest time. That's when I finally decided to watch it, <laughs> it started. And at that point, season one and season two had aired. Season three was coming in the fall. And I started watching it and I was enthralled and <laughs> I instantly fell in love with this plot and was so intrigued by what was happening in this fairy tale world, this drama that was that was happening before my eyes and these characters and these plots. And then that, that fall, I started tuning in when season three was airing, which started with the Neverland, Peter Pan arc. And I just started an experience kind of in the Once Upon a Time fandom too. I started listening to podcasts. <laughs> this was my first exposure to listening to podcasts. So I listened to Greeting Some Storybook with Bill Meeks and Anne-Marie D. Simone. I soon listened to, of course, Once Podcast with Daniel J. Lewis and Jenny and all those guys. And I listened to Once Upon a Podcast, which became kind of my favorite Once podcast with Amanda and Brittany. And I actually wrote into Greetings from Storybook. I would go and watch their live streams and, co- and chat in their live streams they were doing. And they like kind of knew who I was, <laughs> which was funny.
1: Oh, wow. They- I didn't yes. know this part of the
0: story. And the, yeah, the Greetings from Storybook, people did like read my letters on the air, the two letters I wrote into them. And I also always was live tweeting once upon a time. If you're on my Twitter handle, you'll go way far back and you can see me live <laughs> tweeting f- from season four till season six. And it just kind of became my life, and I would talk about it a lot. And as Grace can attest to, and most of my friends that I just call know, knew that I was obsessed with this series. And Grace, oh, yeah. you just discovered this recently.
1: Yeah, I was bored as any college student would know about you just don't want to do your work even though that would be a smart idea and I was just scrolling through saw once upon a time I had seen it a couple times before and like you know what Marshall really liked this show I might as well give it a try because honestly we like a lot of the same things like in relation to tv and movies and stuff so I gave it a try, and then after one or two episodes into season one, I was like, well, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that this is really good, and needless to say, two or three weeks later, I had gone through the entire, up through season six. <laughs> so you can see where my life is at.
0: <laughs> yes, Grace should not subject herself to the Strange torture of some parts of season seven. even though it ended. I,
1: st- I started, but then it just, it was a lot to keep up with because things changed so significantly from the premise of the first six seasons.
0: Yeah. With so it all- I
1: decided I needed to keep up on schoolwork.
0: Yeah. yeah. College schoolwork is important. More importantly, once upon a time, I guess, you know. <laughs> okay. So, Once Upon a Time is very much driven by characters. Mm -hmm. It's all about the characters. Grace, who is your favorite character?
1: Oh, I was thinking about this in class today, (laughs) trying to figure this out ahead of time. And, you know, I think I really like Regina, just what she brings to the show. Um... And I think she just has a lot of depth (laughs) to her character.
0: (laughs) I'm showing grace my Regina Evil Queen Funko Pop that I have here with me.
1: Yeah, she just has a lot of depth. And I think that's more interesting to watch. But then I always go back to Hook. (laughs) And his his progress and what he stands for and why he does what he does.
0: Because Hook was all about revenge. That's what life was, that's what the direction his life took after he met Rumpel. Mm -hmm. And what Rumpel did to him. Killing Mila, taking away his hand. Yeah. And he let that fuel him and he let that consume him.
1: Yeah, and then he meets Emma and it does take him a little bit to come around to the good side.
0: (laughs) I mean, all of season two he's kind of He'd still, he's still—he's still more classified as a villain than and kind of yeah. teetering with these new weird heroes, which he's kind of met. Um, <laughs> I mean, he shoots Bell in the mid-season finale. The Outsider Across <laughs> the town line; she goes, and uh oh, she lost her memories. What a time! <laughs> and then Rumpel about beats him to death.
1: Well, Rumpel does have a little bit of an anger.
0: Uh, a, a, li- a little bit. He's a little cool. Putting so. it lightly. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Regina is also. Regina is my favorite character of the series. There was instantly something I think about her, even in the pilot, that was so compelling as we see her in Fairy Tale Land as this tyrannical, evil queen sort of figure, prancing into Snow and Jormung's wedding, right? Uh yeah. Announcing her curse, <laughs> and then we see this. Regina, this Mayor Mayor Mills identity and storybook, especially in season one too, and it's like, what is what is her deal, I and mean, why does she hate snow so much? Why is she like this? Which we finally get that backstory in Stable Boy episode, which might be my favorite my favorite episode of the whole show.
1: And I think all the flashbacks are really helpful too, because when you're reading or watching, um reading a book or watching a movie based on these legendary, iconic fairy tale characters, it's all black and white, but then once upon a time brings in that gray. Mm-hmm. Especially with like the main characters, a so snow, Charming.
0: Yeah.
1: Emma. Regina. And with,
0: and with all the villains, I mean, every single villain has some sort of usually Traumatic, if not tragic, mm-hmm. backstory. Except for Corella Deville, who was just crazy the whole time, <laughs> and you know, killed, her, killed her father, <laughs> and was just insane the whole time. But it, it once upon a time, does a great job at humanizing all of these characters, mm-hmm. bringing more depth into somebody like Prince Charming. Well, he's not just Prince Charming. He was, he was himself, kind of a stable boy. He was a shepherd, yeah. uh, coming from lowly beginnings. He was had this royal life thrust upon him that he didn't want. Knowing, you know, finding out he had a twin that he never knew about, right? It's all about kind of the the, the gray, not black and white. There's gray in everything, even with uh, even with our mm-hmm. kind of that uneasiness with our heroes, too. I mean, one of the yeah. biggest parts of season two is, at, at the end is, I mean, Snow tricking Regina into killing Cora, right? Yep the next episode, Regina, you know, pulls out Snow's heart and shows, you have a black spot in your heart now, Snow, which I've always questioned. So in season three, when Regina splits Snow's heart and puts half of it in Snow and half of it in David, so yeah. after they, like, who got the, who got the dark spot half? <laughs> <Which> spot <laughs> you maybe the dark
1: spot was, it, cut was cut in
0: half too. <laughs> maybe I don't know how that heart things, thing works.
1: The whole heart thing is strange.
0: Yeah oh.
1: just imagining all the different actors interpreting how it feels like to get their heart ripped out and some oh. are much more dramatic than others.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the first time we see that we see it is with the huntsman is with mm-hmm. Sheriff Graham in the in the flashback when she does that and you know Regina, that's one of the mo- lowest points and like darkest points of like Regina is everything that happened with Graham? Like, she killed Graham there. And, oh, that's a bad moment for Regina, which we like to overlook because of her progress.
1: Yeah, that happened, that was like midway through it or something. That was
0: episode, that's episode seven. Right. That's really early. So a little
1: before midway.
0: Yeah. The heart is a lonely hunter, that episode. Another fun fact about me is I pretty much can, if you give me the season and episode number, I can tell you the title of the Once Upon a Time time episode.
1: I remember you doing that during some kind of college prep thing during Homeroom or something a few years back in high school with Anna.
0: Oh, maybe, yeah, probably. can probably tell you the writer, too, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> I would follow these writers oh my gosh because you know Adam Horowitz who was one of the executive producer showrunners he would tweet out the episode titles like as they were you know before the show um, as they were coming out as they were writing them and started production on them and it was like oh boy look we got new episode titles I <laughs> was so excited and the writers and who was writing him oh <sighs> good times good times with once <laughs> a time episode titles <laughs> um Let's talk about some of the other characters. The, the protagonist for season one through six is Emma, played yeah. by Jennifer Morrison, who is a very complex character with a, a lot of you know, tragedy in her past when we meet her. It's really about Emma's journey of kind of, of opening up, right? Of letting love into her life, letting her parents, who she thought had abandoned her, and did kind of, but for a, for a purpose, right? yeah. for her best chance, which is why she gave Henry up too. That's the first moment they connect is when Henry mm-hmm. says, I know why you gave me up to give me, to give me my best chance. And it's about her opening opening herself up to love. The end too, which is with her and Hook. Hashtag Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think she was, there was a lot of character building, especially in the first few seasons mm-hmm. with her. And there's just that constant conflict between Opening up and holding everything in,
0: mm-hmm. especially when she, you know, develops her magic powers, and mm-hmm. she's wrestling with with that. And what does this mean? That's what the the frozen season is kind of about. Is Emma <laughs> learning to accept her her powers and herself in that way? Of course, we. I was, to, yeah. Oh,
1: well, I was gonna say I was, I was especially in the later seasons, I was struggling with. Emma because it felt like we just kept going in a loop and you'd think that by at least like season four or season five she'd finally open up but she really didn't.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah it kind of hit that kind of stagnant. Um, yeah. Because I just wanted to keep, keep going with plots right. Mm-hmm. Like It's like with you know with 5b right after Hook dies and he's in the underworld like, at that point, would Emma have really went went down to, to the underworld to get, and to get Hook? And even after that, like, what she deals with, I mean, with some of her and Hook struggles in season season six then. Yeah, well in season six, because, you know, it's all, all about her being the savior. And what does that mm-hmm. mean, Feeling being the savior, that nervous tit, uh, twitch that she gets, right? At the beginning yeah. of and it's like, oh, you already accepted your magic. What is this? Why are we doing this again? <laughs> so there's Snow and Charming. Who in the beginning are kind of like are, are kind our of other two real protagonists, and then kind of fade off into the existence, and kind of just are there, and kind of just yeah have a try to have a plot later on.
1: <laughs> they were they were really good at first, I think, in showing the realness behind relationships, especially before the first curse had been broken. Mm-hmm. And they were living as David and Mary Margaret. And it was the whole thing with David's wife.
0: Yeah, Catherine.
1: <laughs> yeah. Catherine, yeah.
0: And their affair. I mean, they, were, they were having an affair. Yep. Yeah.
1: How she just, she didn't want to get into it after she found out that David had mm-hmm. lied about it. And I thought that was a good touch.
0: I had this done my mother and I, we had rewatched some season one. And the, the line that really struck out to me, and this must have been, this is pretty early on still in, in the season and in their relationship. After something go, oh, this must be right after David remembers or he gets, he gets the false memories of mm-hmm. his life with Catherine back in him. And he tells Snow, I can't, I can't do this right now. When they were going to like meet in the woods or something. And Snow goes and she's in the bar that night and she goes, have you ever walked into a situation where you've known exactly what's going to happen? But you do it anyway? And it's like, yep.
1: There is some pretty good and powerful one-liners in that, whether it be for comedic relief or serious, powerful punch. (laughs)
0: in storybook then in season 2 at the beginning when Emma and Snow are in the enchanted forest David kind of is the de facto leader then and he doesn't know quite exactly what to do with that and he struggles with that especially when King George when his stepfather comes back and starts causing trouble with like Ruby and that whole thing <laughs> David tries to be a sheriff and breaks like all the all legal laws of policing oh.
1: well that's just the entirety of Law
0: enforcement, Storybrooke. Yeah. <laughs> <My> <laughs> it becomes gosh, a
1: family it. business.
0: Yeah, it very much so. Is I love you know in the in the like two months or whatever when everybody was in Camelot and it's like grumpy and well, uh, no not grumpy but two of the other dwarves are like the uh, like being the sheriffs right? <laughs> it's like what oh, was yeah. that? What was that administration like? <laughs> what was Storybook like those two months? Who was running Storybook? Because Regina was gone. Like, Granny was gone. <laughs> Granny could have ran Storybook by herself, but who was running Storybook? I don't know. The dwarves? Oh, Blue was the dang Blue Fairy? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is something you have to understand about the Once Upon a Time fandom. We hate the Blue Fairy.
1: You hate the Blue Fairy?
0: We hate the Blue Fairy. She's up to no good. She is up to no good. F you, Blue is a, was a common phrase.
1: <laughs> she is kind of stuck up. Yeah. And just too into the being good lightness.
0: She's against love for some reason with her fairies. Season one, right, with Nova and Grumpy. She did not like that. She was yeah. so mean to Tinkerbell in season three. Yeah. And then there's so much. We, every, everybody thought that the blue fairy was going to be the big bad in the end. Everybody thought the blue fairy was kind of going to serve the black fairy's role in season six.
1: That would have been interesting.
0: Yeah. I think there was a theory that she was actually this Black Fairy, which, of course, the Black Fairy is first mentioned in Season 3, Episode 11. Because they needed the Black Fairy's wand to
1: mm-hmm.
0: do whatever and get the shadow.
1: That would have been a yeah. serious twist.
0: Yeah. Because we don't know her backstory. We have no clue where the Blue Fairy comes from and what her whole deal was. Besides that, yeah, Rumple or... Some she's referred to in season one as the oldest magical creature alive. Yeah. Which might go against some of the Merlin stuff from season five. Mm-hmm. There was a theory that like that, that Blue Fairy was kind of the Nimue. could have been like the Nimway role too, like that like somehow created the first Dark One or something too, or was involved with that way wow. back too. That's what people thought, or I kinda thought too. But we don't know. We still don't know what's up with her.
1: Because when you think about it, pretty much all of the, at least most of the characters, that you see reappearing throughout the series, you do get some sort of backstory. Yeah. Even if they do show up for a short period of time.
0: Yeah. All the all the minor characters, even like Dr. Frankenstein, right? We get yeah episodes pretty much with, with him and, I mean... And his backstory. My gosh. There's so much with Frankenstein. Uh, So so there's this one person in the Once Upon a Time fandom named Hope Mullinax. Hey, Hope, if you're listening. um, (laughs) He was, is in love with both Dr. Frankenstein and Jefferson, who is Sebastian Sands' character. And she was convinced they had this whole friendship and possibly romantic relationship. And like, um, there was this whole like, like, this plan where they, like, uh, tricked Rumple into getting, like, the heart or something that Dr. Flintstone needed, and they, it was, they, she had this whole theory with those two characters. People still love, like, Jefferson, and wish Sebastian Stan could have been in the show more, but no, he got whisked off to Marvel and to play Bucky. Okay, let's keep going through some of the characters. Um, Rumple and Belle. <laughs> Rumpel is, Bell's
1: too good for Rumpel.
0: Bill is too good for Rumpel. I always didn't necessarily like Rumbel. I think Rumbel should have been done when in the mid-season finale of season four when she sends him across the town line.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought that was... I love that. I love that episode because I love that moment. Problem is, you know, kind of undone later.
1: Yeah.
0: Running back to him.
1: Because Belle is just such a strong, independent smart woman. And then you've got rumpled Stiltskin who's got a mind of his own and is Yeah. Too um, power hungry.
0: And so many poor things pat ha- things happen to poor Belle. Like the amount of times in the later season when she's under some sleeping curse that she's just asleep.
1: <laughs>
0: it's really bad. Oh and their son, <laughs> oh my gosh, Gideon in season six. You like Gideon? Remember that? Goodness. Ooh. What's more fresh in your mind? Yeah, Rumpel and Belle. Rumpel, you're right. Rumpel is too power hungry, and he always was.
1: Even after he got Bay back, and he uh, had Belle's love.
0: I know, because that he just
1: I, kept going back.
0: That's what the whole like curse was about. Was yeah, getting Bay back. That was his whole. That was his whole plan. That's all he wanted. He was, you know, he wanted to come to this land. He needed to find Bay. That's why he did everything he did. I'm like, yeah, I mean, he has Bay, and then he has Bell, and then what does he do? The power of the dagger, right? He gives Bell the fake dagger in season four, and then when he gets the dang hat, and in season five, right? Because he sends the Dark One magic back into himself and becomes the Dark One again, and then in the underworld, it deals with Hades and stuff. And then I guess you could say at the end of season six, he's like, "Oh, I'm better now." I faced my mother, I killed my mother, yay. Bye-bye, Black Fairy. Which, the Black Fairy was defeated way too easily.
1: She really was. I was like, there's so much build-up into that whole thing, and especially with the final battle between...
0: I know, that's what they were talking about, the whole thing, season. was oh, the final battle. Oh, the final battle. Which goes to be heard in season one. And then you
1: get to it, and it's, oh... The final battle I'll stab you with this sword it's another curse another curse that is woken up within five seconds yay
0: (laughs) so there's there's Henry of course which is Emma's son and I think Henry's a fun character it's nice to see him grow up throughout the series yeah there there's Bay who is in season two and three before he dies tragically oh that was rough
1: he was a great character I know. I feel like he didn't get what he
0: deserved. Oh. Neil always just kind of wanted family too, right? He was going by his father. Yeah. There. And then he loved Emma. I truly believe in him he loved Emma. And of course, he was killed by Zelina. <laughs> Did you, when the Marion twist happened in season four, what was your reaction?
1: I have no clue. <laughs> because there's just so, there are just so many memories that come to mind and emotions that come to mind when thinking of Zelina.
0: (laughs) I love Zelina. I think she's so great.
1: I don't really understand why she's stuck around in the series. (laughs) Because she served her purpose in the wicked versus evil Mm -hmm. plot. And then she was just there.
0: She came back. And like
1: you mentioned before, she was just chaotic.
0: Yeah, Selena is the chaotic energy which we all love. She was, oh goodness. I remember, I remember vividly, A, when it was revealed that Marion was Selena. Everybody was like, oh no. They were kind of like, okay, good. So we can have Outlaw Queen. So Regina and Robin can, can get together. But then they were like, oh no. And then when she announced that she was pregnant, Everybody was like, "Oh no, oh no!" My my, the Once Upon a Podcast girls, Brittany in particular, she was just done. She was like, "Oh, I, I drank too much alcohol last night after hearing that reveal." (laughs) It was a bad night. (laughs) Um,
1: Just like some of those twists and turns were pretty good.
0: That's where, like that one. You had really soap opera. Was especially with <laughs> Lena, that Lena Twist.
1: Yeah, and then she got very dramatic in so bra- soap opera. Soap opera. E.
0: And then she's great in season five. I love her in season five. First episode she cuts her hand off to get the cuff off, right? And then you gotta
1: do what you got to do.
0: Just being chaotic, and then you know, kind of in the underworld arc. I liked her relationship with Hades. In that whole backstory and giving Hades some depth. But then I think it was amazing of her to kill Hades, right? She killed him. After, of course, Hades killed Robin. Which, oh, oh.
1: Why did they have to do that?
0: I know, right? Can't Regina just be happy? That's what everybody was talking about. There were rumors. There were Robin Hood death rumors. There were big time Robin Hood death rumors that season on twitter and stuff and i didn't believe him i was like no they can't do this but they weren't giving robin hood anything to do in that season he was doing nothing especially in 5b he was just running around with the baby and it was like yeah and then oh they just kill him oh there he's gone you didn't even give him a good story arc to end with or anything you just wiped him out which was really bad i hated that I liked well I liked initially how close it brought Regina and Zelina, but then Regina's like, oh, I blame you for Robin's death, so bye. Yeah, do you have any other favorite minor characters? Like oh. up in arcs and stuff.
1: You know, I loved Ruby. Yeah. I thought there was so much to her. Hashtag,
0: like her- hashtag Frankenwolf. Wolf. Ruby Ooh. and Doctor Whale. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, they had their, like, when um the visitor came Greg. to town.
0: Dang it. Greg. Yeah, Greg. Oh, we get Ruby um, Slippers. Hashtag Ruby Slippers.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because, you know, once upon a time, you had to have your. Camera. I really. Okay.
1: I felt like that whole Ruby Slippers thing with Ruby and Dorothy it was just kind of thrown in there to Very throw nice. it in there.
0: Very, very much so. They so were, you could
1: have two powerful women end up together, but I were, mean, cool.
0: There was <laughs> lots of other opportunities in the show for more of a LGBTQ mm-hmm. representation, like Mulan, right? Um, it is heavily implied in the beginning of season three, and even with season two, that Mulan was in love with Aurora. Yep. And that's what she, of course, wanted to tell Aurora, but then Aurora says, guess what, I'm pregnant <laughs>
1: well,
0: and they just and then, came and abandoned that and Mulan never came back there's, there's some minor characters I love I loved Aurora I loved Mulan I yeah. loved the, the thing with Snow and um, Emma in season two and a little bit we got to see them in season three again um but um in, in season seven there is a really good LGBTQ relationship with Robin so Zelina's mm-hmm. Robin Hood's daughter and then Alice who's Alice in Wonderland Alice um a different, a different Alice then from Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, which is the spinoff show they did.
1: Because we have to have spinoffs and different realms and worlds.
0: Right, but the realm, I love all the different realms. The realm stuff is so much fun. I love going to Oz and of course I never I think the whole season there.
1: the realms were great. But then you had the second, what was it called? Like the second version of Hook and...
0: Well, the evil the, queen. yeah through I mean through the wish realm a little bit that started with the wish realm
1: yeah the wish realm
0: so we got the that stuff. was yeah that was
1: confusing
0: <laughs> and that stuff comes back at the very end of season seven too because then there's you know there's wish realm Henry right who from that world who you know all the evil queen just you know killed his parents and <laughs> took his mother away and so that that and then wish realm rumple who Regina lets out of the wish realm. I think, in that in the season six episode. He comes back into play and it's this whole confusing thing. And the timeline gets so, it's even more messed up in season seven. Oh. Because guess what? So the, you know that new curse that they're all in Seattle for? Yeah. It didn't just send them from the Enchanted Forest or new Enchanted Forest to Seattle. No, it did that. And it also sent them back in time.
1: They need to think of new curses.
0: Season seven ends really well. You know what, here's how season seven ends. Here's how the show actually ends. Regina um, decides, hmm, you know all this deal with like crossing between realms and stuff, how much issue, how many problems that has given us? What if I make one final curse and we bring all the realms together in one spot? What if we just put them all together so there's just one land? So we don't have to deal with any of of this crap. So she does that. And they form the United Realms, and Regina is crowned the Good Queen of the United Realms.
1: That, are those like all the fairy tale realms, and are those separate from like.
0: So it's the all, real
1: world, Or is it connected, like well, real world fairy tale? Realm?
0: I think, I guess, that all the realms are technically like in storybook, like that pocket of.
1: Oh. World World. so
0: there's storybook because Oz is there then Neverland um Land of Untold Stories Camelot which Camelot is part of the Enchanted Forest same with Arundel. Arundel was part of the Enchanted Forest or mm-hmm. um, Misthaven which is the one time we, Misthaven is another word for the Enchanted Forest it's used the one time or the l- many little times in the Frozen Ark because why not all together which makes it and then is called the Good Queen and we see Emma and Hook's baby which they have a daughter named Hope. Get it? Wow. Wow. (laughs) You're really creative. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so yeah, that's actually how it ends. Let's talk about some of the different arcs, some of the different fun arcs. So when Once Upon a Time started doing, starting in season three, is they split the seasons in half seasons. Mm -hmm. So three A is Neverland, three B is Oz, Wicked Witch. Four A is Frozen, four B is Queens Mm -hmm. of Darkness, 5A is Camelot, 5B is Underworld. And then season six is kind of its own one whole big thing again. But yep. it's kind of Evil Queen and then Black Fairy. So what do you think your favorite season or arc
1: hmm.
0: So I mean, season one is kind of the classic. Everybody loves season one. Yeah. It's yep. like season one.
1: You know, I really liked the Neverland um, arc. I think that was... Good because that's when you start seeing all of them really start working together.
0: The Avengers, um, Yeah. In episode two, there was a shot where they, you know, go around in the circle like the Avengers. That was the <laughs> Avengers moment.
1: So I think that was a good moment, especially with introducing Rumpelstiltskin's father
0: mm-hmm. through it all. Yeah.
1: And kind of getting his backstory too. And especially talking about the whole theme, how evil is made.
0: In which then kind of in season six, we get some insight into how Peter Pan, why he kind of went a little cruel and stuff because what happened with Fiona happened with Black Fairy. (laughs) Neverland's good. Peter Pan is, Pan's a fun villain, I think.
1: He's a good villain because you really don't like
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, everybody (laughs) loved Robbie Kay. All the fangirls were all over Robbie Kay as Peter Pan. I'm not
1: into that, but okay.
0: (laughs) I I really liked 4B with the Queens of Darkness. I think Maleficent, Ursula, and Cruella. Cruella, especially, is just amazing. And I especially like the author story. You know, that was something, especially there was the big question always of who, who wrote the book, right? And then I like in the beginning of the Frozen article that was... Tease and we're going to explore this author story and really giving kind of Regina and Henry this kind of nice story their new Operation Mongoose, right? Working together mm-hmm. and then trying to figure this out. And then just, you know, Maleficent and Ursula and Corella just added such a fun dynamic. We love the episode when um, Regina goes and infiltrates the Queens of Darkness for the first time. And like, oh,
1: that was good
0: in front of the train in, in Corella's car. <laughs> Oh, and they're like that,
1: as a viewer that was terrifying.
0: <gasps> and like the vault rager they had or something that Regina is cleaning up for the next day. <laughs> Ooh. And that's when we get the infamous line from Maleficent to Regina. Are you a bad girl, Regina? That's the worst.
1: <laughs> you know as the series went on, some of those powerful quotes and stuff just kept getting more dramatic and fake.
0: But Lana Perea and Sergina is great throughout the whole show. I love Lana. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so I really liked 4B. I like 4A too. I like Anna and Elsa. I mm-hmm. do like the Frozen arc. People hate it. People really don't like that season.
1: I thought that was... I thought the season was good. It started to get more like, insight into Emma's childhood.
0: Yeah. I love the Lily stuff. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, that episode, episode five, or season four, Breaking Glass, where it's the story in, you know, in in storybook of, oh, Elsa and Emma, like, running through the forest, and Elsa's trying to find Anna Mm -hmm. in the forest. But then we get, at that time, it was, everybody was like, what in the world is this flashback about? It was the strangest mm-hmm. thing for everybody, because it's just Emma and this girl, this Lily girl, and, like, what are they doing? And I always, I loved that story between the mm-hmm. two of them. And people thought, like, people thought somehow, like, <laughs> Lily was, like, connected to Regina somehow, because they looked so much alike. But was, no. It, but no. It's, and, then we, and then she comes back at the end of the season. I love the, the larger arc of season four. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's less uh, in the end it's less of okay Frozen and then Green's and Darkness but there are these threads that are connected throughout the whole thing starting with yeah. the author searching for the author with the hat yeah. and, yeah. and, and Lilky, which ties back to the end
1: I thought especially with the Frozen stuff was was it Ingrid yeah was the Snow, snow Queen yeah that was a weird <laughs> she was a strange character but yeah. I think she brought out Some important character details, especially like Emma and finding herself.
0: Yeah, yeah, because she—I mean, she was so connected with Emma's past. Yeah, in the foster system and stuff. Mother Emma could have had. So I mean, Ingrid—I mean, Emma wanted family. Ingrid wanted family too, but Ingrid is a little crazy. Yeah. But then Ingrid sacrifices herself in the end. She breaks the (laughs) whole—you know—the whole shattered sight curse.
1: That curse was funny to watch <laughs> all these relatively good people just turning on each other. No <laughs>
0: yeah, sword fighting.
1: The all their arguments were really bad. Like they really had to dig deep for some of those arguments yeah. that they were making with that curse.
0: I remember at the end of the previous episode, Fall, where it's like, oh, they got the glass in their eyes. Oh, so dramatic. What is this going to be? And then it's just so funny. It's just so funny the next episode. It's not, it's pretty light. Very light. Things past season four are kind of wonky. Like, I don't like season five, really. Like, I think the best part of season five is Zelina. (laughs) Because, like, Camelot, how do you feel about the twist that Hook was always the dark one?
1: I thought it was, I guess, good because it kind of reminds people that it can come back, that evil can't return. But at the, at the same time, he was making so much progress. Mm-hmm. And that's really when you start getting the repetitiveness with yeah. Emma's character, yeah. where she brought him, saved him, but yeah. made him the dark one. <laughs> yeah.
0: So did, did you like when Emma was kind of in full Dark Swan mode?
1: Emma as a, the dark one was kind of funny to me because she tried so hard to be serious and the, her face was straight the whole time. She had the red lip. She was just so serious. Mm-hmm. Which and was... just, there wasn't as much in depth to her as the dark one as it was with like skin mm-hmm. as the dark one.
0: And that was sort of an act because, I mean, what she was doing, what her whole plan was, was wasn't really nefarious. Like her saying, oh, I hate mm-hmm. you for all what you did to me, you're going to pay. That was all just, like, <laughs> right? because she just wanted to get, you know, factor the darkness out of her and then out of Hook, and so it'd be destroyed. So Hook wouldn't even know that he was actually dark and what happened there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But kind of, it, for me and for many people, I think the art kind of just falls flat in the end. Because Nimue yeah. really wasn't evil and was really, wasn't really conniving and stuff. And then Hook kind of, you know, is the dark one that is kind of, it almost seems like, was that really planned? They say it was. The writers will say that was planned from the beginning, but I don't know. It just kind of seems...
1: Yeah, like they were running out of ideas.
0: Yeah. Like, I love the Nimway stuff, like Merlin and Nimway, and that backstory. Oh, yeah. It was fun. And it seemed to be leading to such a good place with the initial Camelot stuff and what was happening there but it just it just falls flat in the end. And then the underworld stuff got really repetitive and kind of boring at least for me.
1: It did get kind of repetitive, but I thought it was interesting seeing the seeing Prince James there. Yeah. And just and then Hook's brother and yeah. seeing all the relationships and kind of how those relationships affected them in the long run Mm -hmm. and like um, charming getting all the glory when he was just a shepherd you kind of see where their emotions come from
0: getting to see them interact because they never Mm -hmm. met before I I thought it was really fun to see Cora again in that season (laughs) and to have see Regina and Zelina interact with their mother I mean Zelina had never met Cora before it's a really weird thing, kind of their, I mean, their explanation of death and right going to the light or to the darkness, and mm-hmm. then in the end, Cora got to go to got to go to the light, which I don't really know what to say about that because it's like, well, did she just deserving that? Like that's it's a uh, what they were trying to do, which I guess like the Greek god idea is like the right religion in the once upon a time world, with that with the underworld being a thing, and with. It'd be implying the that the light is like Olympus, because that's where at least where Hercules went.
1: Yeah, I'm trying. To think, Cause was it all of the characters that moved on from the underworld? Mm-hmm. They all went to the light. Yeah. Right. It would have been interesting to throw in a character that went to the yeah bad place, whatever that happened cool. to be.
0: 'Cause I think Cora had accepted that yes, she was going to go to the yeah. place. And that Regina and Elena probably thought that too. It's a weird, I guess, I don't know, <laughs> how would you analyze that whole underworld plot with like Christianity with well, with, <laughs> with you no know, which of course is my speciality with looking at that sort of stuff.
1: Ultimately, maybe that underworld place was just a time for them to sort out their shoes and be mm-hmm. the light.
0: I mean it's very it's very analogous to the purgatory idea. Right. Yeah. And the the unfinished business. And season six kinda dragged on. Like I thought the evil queen stuff started out really interesting, with, you know, Gina having split in a kinda those first mm-hmm. couple of episodes like, Oh, you know, like the land of untold stories, like, I like Doctor Jekyll and Mr. Hyde.
1: They were strange. I think it was good, I guess, to see that they were the Gray area thing with Hyde and Jekyll.
0: They killed them off way too fast.
1: Yeah, I think the land of untold stories thing was interesting. Yeah, because there are a lot of stories that you just don't hear about. Because I had to look up those characters.
0: Yeah, the Count, the Count of Monte Cristo, Crystal, Captain Nemo, the literary characters, right? Which we had kind of seen with Frankenstein before, which Mm -hmm. I'm still like. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, they should have came from the land without color. There was no reason for them not to have come from that black and white world. I wanted to see that black and white black and white world again. I wanted to see Dorothy come from that black and white world.
1: Because <laughs> then I would connect more. You know, what? to like the first few seasons.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of weird threads that are still kind of out there. Like what are these stories? Like actually, this is revealed there's just a one line that they in the in the finale, but who Lily's father is because the, at the end of season four it's set up that oh we're going to find out and in, look into who Lily's father was because Male- she says yeah Maleficent you know she didn't know because I guess you know I guess dragon sex you don't you, you don't know <laughs> but in the oh, final episode, on a throwaway line they say her father was Zorro <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, they said that?
0: Yes, they say that a slow way line in the very in the finale. So it's like, what is that story?
1: So they just threw it in there just yep. to answer a question. But yep. I, if I didn't even pick that up, yeah, how many people actually picked that up that aren't?
0: Well, like, let me tell you,
1: really going into
0: all when the they said that in the finale, stuff, I about first full of joy out of my seat out of the house. I was so excited because that was one of the lingering plots I always wanted to know about. Who was her dang father? And me being who I am, I've crafted this whole story of what happened. And like, I have this fictional idea that, ooh, they should do a once upon a time spin off Disney plus show called like once upon a time bloodlines where we take these like, some of those lost story throwaway story things and like yeah. and like do a short little six episode arc, one of which could be about Maleficent and Lily. Um,
1: that would be interesting.
0: And I came up with this whole thing that like <laughs> with Aurora and Prince Philip, right. And that, cause we never got to see how Prince Philip came back from the Wraith realm, how, no. how Mulan and Aurora saved him. So I had came up with this whole story that like, Actually, they thought they saved him, but they didn't, and he's actually a wraith. So the Prince Philip would see there's actually a wraith, and there's this whole thing like thought guardian of the wraith realm, like the head and wraith or whoever is like actually Maleficent's brother, who somehow what happened with Maleficent and her brother and Aurora's mom, Briar Rose, who was the first Sleeping Beauty. What happened there? Why did Maleficent mm-hmm. curse curse her mother? And so I came up with this whole thing like tied all that together and.
1: You'll have to pitch the idea
0: to Disney. <laughs> so I'll pitch it to Disney. But there's so many of these little throwaway characters that we never really see much yep. of Like Ariel. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: We meet her in season three. We see her a few other times. She's in season six with Aladdin and Jasmine, which I don't know. When they threw Aladdin in, I didn't really. He's fine. In Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, we see Jafar earlier, um, played by a different actor. But I love Jafar in Wonderland. Um, he's great. He wants to break the rules of magic. Which, once upon a time, goes on to break all the set-up rules of magic, but he wants to break them, so he's in control. Because his father kind of tried to kill him. His father, who was the sultan, um, tried to drown him because he was the bastard child. Yep. Okay, final thing I really want to talk about, maybe we'll do the trivia thing then. Relationships. Our favorite ships, favorite relationships.
1: I've kind of like revisited these thoughts in my mind recently. Above everything else, I am gonna stick by my initial thought. I am fully—is it Captain Swan? Captain Swan. That I'm really into that. But that being said, I really think there could have been something more with Emma and Neil. Because Neil was so so good to Emma, except for that one moment when August came in and was like, hey, leave her alone. And then he let her go to jail.
0: Yeah, he kind of did that.
1: Besides that, I thought he was just, he genuinely loved her. Yeah. And he really cared for her. And she, you find out that she cared for him too. But I have to go with
0: yeah,
1: Hook and Emma because That's where she ends up I'm really into Hook <laughs> as a character, as an actor, like Colin, I'll I'll tell you, as an actor, all of the above.
0: So, yes, Captain Swan is a big ship. As I was telling you earlier, there was in season three, it was the big shipping war. It was the Captain Swan versus the Swanfire, and I was Swanfire forever. All the way. <laughs> but then Neil dies. And it's boohoo. Which was emotional for Hook also because Hook. Yeah. Loved Neil too because you know he, he was his doodle father figure.
1: But we don't need to go into family trees.
0: Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that. <laughs> when Mila says in season five to Emma, So you've been with my former lover and my son. <laughs> <laughs> in the underworld. Oh my gosh, wasn't that so cool when Rumpel like flowed oh, yeah. into the yeah, river? Yeah, he's off. just
1: like he really just had to throw in all of those details. Oh, man, really oh, make it awkward.
0: Oh my gosh, Hades. Oh, oh season five. Yeah, I'm also. I was also a big Outlaw Queen shipper, which is Regina and Robin. We loved them. Oh my gosh, the whole man with the lion tattoo in 3B, Regina and Robin in 3B and their love story there it was so great, but then they bring Marion back and it ruined, ruined everything but it was actually Zelina, and then they were good but then, oh, it Hades oh. killed him. Ah, couldn't catch a break, those crazy kids. <laughs> oh goodness. That no. would
1: have been interest. I would have liked to see what would happen if yeah. Robin Hood was still alive by the end of the series.
0: Yeah. Of course, we see him in season six with the wish mm-hmm. Robin, And then we do see him in season seven um, in the final episode. Regina has a vision. I like to think of it as actually Robin coming down and talking to her in the finale. And it's, I, I, that was the first time in the finale I started crying when it aired. When, when Robin <laughs> comes down and talks to Regina and Regina goes, oh, our story was so short, Robin. What could, what could we have had? And he's like, that's just how it is. But you have to have strength for this final thing that you had to do. And then I cried at the end of the finale because it was over and it was my show. I spent so much time with
1: it. Uh, yeah, that they deserved so much more. And plus his death is so quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. That's the thing with that episode too is, oh, Robin dies, but oh, Hook gets to come back. Yay. Uh, Yeah, that wasn't fair. And Regina was right to be pissed about that in, the, in those final two episodes. When we go and see the dragon again. <laughs> Who was the dragon's right. daughter? Remember we talked about having a daughter. Apparently it's not Mulan. The creator said it's not Mulan. So what was that thing they talked about about?
1: Again, just throwing something in to get our minds racing.
0: So many lost. So many lost threads. Oh.
1: But then, if they included all of those threads, the series would never end, and would it would be it, would, it would, Okay, all good things must come to an <laughs> end. That's
0: right. And season seven because
1: then it gets dragged on, and yeah. it loses the initial appeal.
0: Yeah. Ooh, my other favorite character, the nurse <laughs> in the basement, Nurse Ratchet in the basement, with the guy mopping lady- the bar.
1: I was going to say, the, that was the lady that was at the desk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you had the guy in the background mopping The mopping off. guy. <laughs> 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 My you, favorite. Who, I wonder who played that, because how would you, like, just gonna call, hey, we need you to mop the floors again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nurse Ratched, that, that actress, um, you know, it was, it was the same actress the whole time, and I remember one time she posted on Twitter, oh, guess I'm back again. <laughs> <laughs> in the they, just,
1: they just showed up at the randomest time also how those floors must have been spotless
0: i know right so how
1: often that guy was mopping
0: now those those characters are based off of the book in the movie one flew over the cuckoo's nest and nurse ratchet is like the head evil nurse of that and there's a guy that guy is supposed to be chief i think is the character's name who's a mental patient who's like long hair like that and Ratchet, that's the show, that Netflix show with Sarah Paulson. That Ratchet oh. show. That's that, that backstory. Oh, man. Well, there we go, Grace. We just talked about once upon a time for more than an hour. My favorite show. It's my favorite show. I think it is. I have such good memories connected to it. It just it, 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 it spared me a little bit since nobody else I knew really watched it. But I had my, oh gosh, I listened to those. I still will tune in to some of those podcasts, the little podcasts. But my Once Upon a Podcast rules, they took down their episodes. They were hosting.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah because they, because, um, you know, it, it costs money to keep hosting your podcast episodes and keep hosting the hosting fees. They took them, they took oh. stop paying for that. So luckily I actually have some downloaded, like just from years ago. But like, my once upon a podcast girl. So I can't go just I can't go back and say, oh, what did they think about season four, episode nine? You can't just go back and listen to their episode it's on fall. Sad. It is very sad. Well, Grace Driveny, any final thoughts on Once Upon a Time?
1: It was a good ride.
0: <laughs> it is a good ride. It's good characters. Yeah. And it was a very Special, I guess, part of my life when I was watching Once Upon a Time, it got me into shows, yeah. got me into storytelling. Really, yeah. A lot of old shows, these like you know shows I still love, like Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated and House of Anubis <laughs> nobody knows about. And then Once Upon a Time that really had an impact on how I view stories and stuff more than yeah. most books I think I've I've read. You know, recently I found that I like reading lots of non-fiction for like biography mm-hmm. informative books about topics and stuff and like on faith and you know religious stuff and theology and that sort of things more than i like reading actual like fiction and i like a lot of my fiction in like tv and like television yeah I, I found that recently and that's kind of interesting and once upon a time was a big big part of that into that world <laughs> looking at characters storytelling becoming obsessed with episode titles becoming obsessed with tv and it's good stories that have, have hope. It's all about hope in the end. Show that somebody that throughout you bad times and the bad mistakes you make, you can grow past them. Because Regina is a huge, huge example of that, right? Larger than life example of that because, I mean, <laughs> killed the whole village, right? In the Evil Queen episode, she demands her soldiers to wipe out that whole village. Regina did a lot of bad stuff, but yet she moved from that and she learned. She became a better person. She found love love of her son, Henry, the love, love of somebody for a while, lovehood right? The love of a community, making a friend mm-hmm. in Emma, actually being friends with the person with Snow who she hated for so long, right? Yeah. A hopeful message. It is, in the end, it really is Regina's story. <laughs> well, this was our discussion about Once Upon a Time. I'm so glad we could do this. Thank you so much, Grace, for talking about Once Upon a Time Always. with me. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all for listening so much. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and give us, leave us five stars and leave us a rating. Visit mysterysciencemarshal.com and leave a comment there if you want or just look at the website. I don't know. Post the episodes there too. And yeah, thanks so much for listening and remember to love what you love, love who you love, love yourself, and keep on feeling good. Bye, everybody. Do it, do, do, feelin' groovy da 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 feelin' groovy I got no deeds to do, no promises to keep I'm dappled and drowsy and ready to sleep Let the morning time drop all its petals on me Life, I love you, all is groove